Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're in the Gospel according to John, chapter 19. We've just completed chapter 18, where we saw the fast-moving events as recorded by John, as Jesus went before the high priest and then was taken before Pilate. Pilate found no fault in him and was ready to release him when the crowd said, No, give us Barabbas. And we begin with verse 1 of chapter 19. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged. The italicized word is him, but scourged him there. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. Now, before we leave this, uh, there is more given about this in the Synoptic Gospels. But in this location, in the castle, where Jesus was scourged, where the scourging took place and where this game of kings took place, we want to take a little bit of time to sort of explain what really went on. I'm not going to go into great detail. You can do that with any good study. But I will at least give you some idea Scourging was preparation for crucifixion very often because it weakened the prisoner. Not only weakened them, it usually nearly killed them because it would expose flesh and bone and organs. The 39 lashes the scourging was so violent that it nearly killed the people that were being scourged before they were ever placed on the cross. So much blood loss, uh, so much shock that the body went into. And uh, in this case, Pilate ordered the scourging. The scourging was done with a cat of nine tails or with some other sort of flagellum, as they called it. It was split into several strips of leather, and each of those strips had a metal barb on the end or a rock, some sort of a stone, jagged, attached to the end of this leather uh, set of straps. And so there was not only one portion hitting you. There were many hitting you. And they had a special way of scourging 
where the Roman soldiers who had been trained in this scourging um, device and how to do it, they knew how to inflict the most pain and yet to keep the person alive the longest until they would die from the exposure, exhaustion, and from the trauma. The whip, the flagellum as it was called, the whip was long enough that it would wrap around the torso perhaps several times, that the leather straps would wrap very quickly and very tightly around the body, and then these metal pieces or stone pieces would bite into the skin and as the whip then was pulled back from the body it would tear the flesh. This is how it worked. They would usually uh, strap someone to a pole uh, to a um, wooden um, cross beam perhaps or they would uh, even attach them to a wall and they would uh, then uh, have them a few feet from the wall but they would be attached in some fashion so they couldn't move and then they would do their dirty deed of uh, forcing them to uh, inflict or be inflicted upon the uh, torture uh, that was given them. Now probably uh, Christ was uh, suspended of sorts uh, by his arms, arms over his head, uh, from some sort of a cross beam, and then they would do the, uh, the damage. This scourging happened at the order of Pilate, and the soldiers then also plaited a crown of thorns. Now this is a twisting, a... Um, weaving of the thorns uh, so that the thorns would put the greatest uh, effect uh, of pain upon the head, uh, upon the crown of the person wearing the thorns. And they made it into a crown of thorns. Uh, this was a, um, an attempt to um, humi- uh, uh, um, cause um, a humiliation of Christ. Um, I really don't know how much humiliation it is after someone's been scourged and is nearly dead from scourging uh, to have a crown of thorns placed upon them. But this was part of the game that the Romans played at crucifixion. And uh, they didn't do it with every prisoner, but they did it with some prisoners. They did it certainly with the prisoners that they thought were zealots, or they thought the prisoners were uh, trying to overthrow the Roman government in some fashion. Somebody went up against the Caesar, or whatever the case may be. Um, They would um, play this game of kings, as they called it, and they would after the scourging, put this crown of thorns upon the head and push it down into the scalp and into the cranium, basically. Uh, push it as far as they could into your skull. And it would it would then, of course, cause bleeding and pain, great pain, uh, for the person wearing it. Now, I've seen a crown of thorns as it was plaited at that time or woven at that time, and the thorn 
bushes that are used to make those crowns that the Romans did had a crown, um, and, and I'm looking here to see if I can find a, um, a piece of um, a paper uh, to uh, just do a measurement on uh, as I talk to you. But uh, as I look at it, those, those thorns were probably three or four inches long. They were very strong thorns. They were not uh, the kind of little thorns that are on most rose bushes that, you know, you push on them, they'll, they'll pop right off. These were uh, very, very sharp, very, very long, and very, very strong. Uh, three or four inches of length or more uh, on these crowns of thorns. And so they would then push them in uh, to make as much damage as possible. And then they would also put on a purple robe that would show um, uh, the kingliness, royalty, if you will, and purple being a royal color. In fact, in uh, most cultures that had kings, you weren't allowed to uh, wear purple unless you were a king. So... Uh, you weren't allowed to, to use it. It was a very expensive color in those days. Of course, that changed over time. But uh, a purple robe denoted royalty. And so they would put this purple robe on the backs of uh, these people that they, had, um, that they had scourged and that they had put the crown on. And they would do as they did. They would play the game of kings. And they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands, probably with their fists, not with the open hand, as had been the case in front of the high priest. Um, Also, the word hail and the word king, hail, king, was used even if it wasn't the king of the Jews, as it was in this case. And they ridiculed by making mockery of Jesus Christ. And the world does that today. The world makes a mockery of Jesus Christ. The blasphemy that I hear, whether it be on television or in in common speech that someone near me is, is giving, oh, how it hurts, how it cuts my heart to hear my Lord's name taken in vain. We know that God's not pleased with that. We know that those people who take the Lord's name in vain will be judged according to God's word. But it hurts because it's ridiculing the very God who has created us. And so it was here. They were playing this game of kings, and they had dice that they would throw, and they had places on the floor what you can go uh, now to uh, Israel, and you can see this in, in some of the areas there at the Antonio Fortress or some of the other places, where they had uh, a, a game board, if you will, set up in the floor. It's a part of the tiling in the floor. And you would throw the dice, and uh, you would uh, get a certain number and do a certain thing, and you were the one that got to smack the king, or you were the one that made the king... Uh, bend over while you you kicked him in the rear or whatever the case may be they were they were doing that sort of thing to your savior this was the humiliation he was suffering this was the pain he was suffering he had been 
scourged within an inch of his life, and then had this torture that was given to him from the Roman soldiers. This was not the Jews at this point. This was the Romans doing this. All hail, king of the Jews. And they smote him. They beat him with their hands. Verse 4, Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. So then Jesus came, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. Here's your king, Pilate says. Here's your king. What the Jewish leaders did not realize, or if they did realize, they forgot it very quickly and didn't want to consider it, but the entire Jewish nation, the people of Almighty God, the very chosen people of God, were being ridiculed by the Roman soldiers who were their slave masters. They were ridiculing the entire society of Jewish people by what they were doing to Christ Jesus. And they were doing it with the permission, with the the decided deference by the Jewish leaders themselves. And the Jewish people were being made fun of, were being ridiculed, were being humiliated. And the Jewish leaders said nothing except crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. That's three times that Pilate, the governor, has said, I find no fault in him. Three times Peter denied Christ. Three times Pilate affirmed the very innocence of Jesus Christ. Three times. And yet Christ went to the cross. Notice the answer or reply of the Jewish leaders. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he hath made himself the Son of God. Now this is the whole point. They saw him as being blasphemous, and so they wanted rid of him. They wanted rid of him. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. Not only was he the king of Jews, but he was the son of God. Wow. And he went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have the power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Who delivered him unto Pilate? It was the high priest, Caiaphas. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, 
Thou art not Caesar's friend. Hmm. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place which is called the pavement, but in Hebrew it's called Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover, about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. Now he had behold the man, and now he makes it even stronger. Behold your king. And he did it with a loud voice. There's an exclamation there. He did it with a loud voice. He did it with a command. Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him. Away with him. Crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Notice it was not the chief priest singular. It was the chief priests plural. It was that elite oligarchy that was in charge of the Jewish state. We have no king but Caesar. This in and of itself is blasphemy, by the way. Because God said, I will be a king unto my people. I will be a king unto my people Israel. And they say, we have no king but Caesar. They pledge their allegiance to a foreign pagan king. Oh, how many people have pledged their allegiance to a foreign king pagan monarch to a blasphemous monarch how many have multiplied millions my friend they have made their own king out of some sort of idol verse 16 then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified and they took jesus and led him away What Pilate did three times, he attempted to release Christ. And then, according to John's gospel here, many more times he tried to release Christ. But the leadership of the Jews would have none of it. The leadership of the Jews knew how to get Pilate's attention. They said, if you let him free... You are not a friend of Caesar's. Now, this is very important. If you have ever been in a position like Pilate, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Most of us have never been there. But perhaps some of us have. And that is, you have an appointment from someone that has far more authority and far more prestige than you have, And they have appointed you to do a job or to have a position of some sort. And you really don't want to make them angry. You really don't want them to dislike you because you don't want to be removed from that position. That was where Pilate was. He was appointed by Caesar. Caesar is the one who put him there. And according to history, the recording of history, apparently Pilate had gotten into trouble. And of course, we have that in one of the Synoptic Gospels. I think it's in Mark. But he had gotten into trouble with the Jewish leaders before because he hadn't followed all their customs the way they wanted him to. And so the Caesar had written him a letter telling him, you know, hey, buddy, get with it or get out. 
There are other historians who say that Caesar was removed, perhaps once before this, and then was put back into place. That being the case, I don't know for sure, but I've read that in other accounts. And yet, you know, the history of ancient history is terribly difficult. The Bible is the only conclusive text that we can study from ancient history and understand it to be true because it's God's word. But they knew exactly how to get his attention. They said, you're not Caesar's friend if you release him. And so he sent him out to be crucified. And he was crucified for your sin. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.